I'm Nathan. And I'm Dave. And we are experts in a field that should not exist. Welcome to Rough in the Diamond. The show where we review the most out of place. And the most iconic episodes. Of the greatest TV series. Rough in the Diamond. Rough in the Diamond. Welcome to Rough in the Diamonds, the show where we review the most out of place and iconic TV episodes from the greatest TV series. I'm Nathan. I'm Dave. And we only review episodes which are good. We never review episodes which suck and make us sad. Yes, well, I mean, this kind of sucks, this episode. Avatar is such a good show. Why is this episode so incredibly, incredibly bad? I think it's because of how consistently good Avatar is. Oh. Like, as a series, that's why this, this episode stands out like a sore thumb. So your argument is that it's not that this episode is an absolute rubbish dump. It's that every other I mean, episode is very it good. It is. It is. It's, it's, I mean, we've definitely watched worse things on here on Rough and I mean, Bands that's really true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this isn't complete unwatchable garbage, but it's pretty bad. It had elements <laughs> of a good story, but they just ruined it with a lot of things, which we will go into great detail throughout it this hurt. episode. It hurt just yeah. watching such good writers and great characters be used for this this disgrace yeah right the writers should be tried for heresy i actually felt annoyed watching the characters interact in this episode it was just like no why are you doing that stop please stop it breaks my heart mate yep and uh of course the episode that we are reviewing today is avatar the last airbender season one or i should say book one episode 11 the great divide so Dave, this is an epic about the Avatar who can wield the magic of all four elements, who's been trapped for hundreds of years, released on our Earth to do good, to, to battle the greatest evils, and unite the world in peace. And our episode starts off because Sokka can't make a tent. Yeah, well, more accurately, he can make a tent, but apparently because it's the dry season, he doesn't want to put the tarp on it. And Katara is whining about it. And then he, in turn, whines about her sorry collection of kindling for the campfire. And so this is essentially foreshadowing for the theme of the episode. This theme just comes up. It just keeps coming up and they keep bringing it up in just such an annoying, on-the-nose fashion like this whole sibling rivalry, and they make sort of comparisons throughout the episode. Uh, it's it's petty and frustrating from the from the beginning. It is. Aang says, Harsh words won't solve problems. Action will. He's the wise peacemaker. He is. And surprisingly, far more wise than literally any of the other characters in this entire episode, despite being the youngest. Mm. Or, I mean, technically oldest if he's 112, because he was on the iceberg for 100 years. But whatever. It may be the worst start of any episode we've had. I don't think that there was any episode we had that from the first scene, I was sitting there going, oh, really? Is, is this what I have to look forward to? Why don't you ask Miss Know-It-All, Queen of the Twigs? Oh, yeah? Well, you're Mr. Lazybum, King of the... <laughs> so, okay, so the thing is, Avatar... Like, I'm a big Avatar fan. It's one of, the, one of my favorite shows, and I've watched it many times over. 
they often have things like this at the start. They might have a bit of an, a disagreement, which might play into stuff in the later of the episode. But mm. and while it start for me, it starts off okay. They just keep drawing on this one kind of recurring theme of disagreement in a really stupid, really annoying way. It's just like, okay, we get it. Can you please stop? <laughs> and will we get to that? Because they yeah. meet a refugee, a very well-dressed, well-equipped refugee. You're a refugee. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. And he is complaining that they are going to try and steal his spot with the earthbending guy who will take them through a big canyon, a large canyon, the Great Divide, as it is called. After which the episode is named. And just an expository fact for our listeners... Basically, some people are very specific types of magicians wielding the powers of different elements. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. In this case, the guy is an earth magician, which means that he can um, move stones and boulders and stuff which is essential for getting through this massive canyon. Yep, yep, stands to reason. There's a group of barbarians, Also, they look like. They're wearing furs. It's like Adam and Eve's first set of clothes. They're called the Jang, I think. It's the Jang tribe, a bunch of low-life thieves. Yeah, the, the Jang tribe. They're also refugees, only they actually look like refugees. Yeah, the other tribe, the fancy people, who are, I believe are called the Gunjins... The Ganjin tribe are all like dressed up and they look like like scholars from ancient China, which makes yeah. sense because like Avatar is very the Avatar law sort of draws on a lot of Asian inf- influences. And they just start squabbling from the beginning as the Zhang, that is the very well dressed refugees, all show oh, no, up no. fashionably late. That's no, the, that's the Gungeons. Oh, is this that? isn't going to work for this episode. This is going to be confusing. This is hard, yeah. We're going to call them the Barbarians and the Nerds. Okay, that's good. I like that. So, yeah. the, the big group of nerds, um, they show up fashionably late. Yep, and of course, the Barbarians show, who actually show up earlier than them, other than the single nerd who shows up early to save a spot for his tribe, as he puts it. Oh, the worst kind of person. It's like those people that would, like, stand in a parking spot because their friend's oh, car is coming to park mate, in that's it. that's the worst. That is the absolute worst. That's what I he mean, is. He's that guy. Okay, saving, like, a sing- like, one or two seats next to you in the cinema is one thing. That's fine. <laughs> but like, this is 30 spots, man. Yeah, Make man. A booking. This is like, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Although, apparently, that's what they did. He said, you know, we, we made a booking. And you, you would know that. You wouldn't know that because you're like, you know, a bunch of barbarians, so ill-prepared, blah, blah, blah. Well, show us and, your tickets. Oh, that's true. There are no tickets. I'm sure you can already see where they're drawing these comparisons between the whole nerd versus barbarian. Like, Katara's the, the sort of fancy, mm. neat one, and Sokka's the barbarian type, however. And, and they will continue to draw on this trope throughout the rest of the episode, and it gets to me because it's not done well. Totally. Maybe you Zhangs wouldn't have so many sick people if you weren't such slobs. If you Ganjins weren't so clean, maybe you wouldn't live to be so old. Now, I've got a bit of a bomb to drop on you here, Dave. A bit of deep right. thinking. 
don't so want to see this. They've been feuding. These two tribes have been feuding for a hundred years. And how many? How many would you say are in each of those tribes? They're quite oh, small. Like thirty. Like maybe twenty to thirty people. No more than about maybe forty. Okay, so there's a tribe of, let's say thirty. We'll meet in the middle. Thirty people. Two tribes have been feuding for one hundred years. So either a lot of them were murdered by the Fire Nation when they got pushed out of where they lived, like a lot, or they are incredibly inbred on both sides. Right. I'm going to say this. You see no children in this episode as well. You see elderly and infirm. They're a big point. They need to be flown across. I, I am positing... I'm suggesting that the reason you see no children is because those two tribes are so incredibly inbred, they can't have them anymore. I mean, either that or they're cannibals. <laughs> that's dark, that's, that's a bit dark. I, I thought mine was dark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, actually, it's weird. Like, there, there's no kids, right? You'd think there would be some, but they they don't don't even mention it. You don't see any kids other than literally Aang, Sokka, and Katara. This episode is about two groups that nitpick and squabble with each other, and I'm joining in and I'm nitpicking this episode. Maybe the Zhang can climb the wall with their long, disgusting fingernails. Oh, sorry. I forgot that to the Ganjin, unclipped fingernails is a crime punishable by 20 years in jail. Why, you dirty thief. You pompous fool. Seriously, dude, these side characters are so annoying. They're, like, they're they're extremely two-dimensional they're just annoying, they're childish, they don't listen to Aang when he tries to make reasonable, you know, he tries to make make peace and make compromise that will work for them, but they just create meaningless conflict and it's so, oh, it's the worst. And additionally, and this goes for any sort of show that is animated and has voice actors doing all these ancillary week-to-week kind of characters, it drives me insane when I know that I'm hearing the same person's voice on a completely different character, week after week after week. Yeah. I, I appreciate that people get jobs with these animation studios, but oh my God, like rotate them around to different shows or something. I'm sick of hearing the same voices. I was going to point that out. The the head of the nerd tribe, who is this guy with this pretty impressive beard, I won't lie. His, his voice actor plays another kind of character who shows up later on as well, and you can pick it straight away. I just know that I've heard them... Over and over again. The barbarian leader as well, all the time. Yeah, exactly. No food is allowed in the canyon. So they all yell at the nice man who's uh, giving them directions and helping them cross. This is the point where you should just say, okay, see ya. You are literally bad people. Why would we help you? It's not like they're going in there for a week. He says, he literally says you can go without food for one day, I'm sure. Which, yeah, come on, that's nothing. Why couldn't we I've put, done that before. Why do we have to put saving the world on hold to help these 60 inbred, terrible people? Yeah. Uh, They're not struggling. Terrible. They have a lot of food. They have enough food to, like, eat then, to feast at night, and they have tons left over in the final fight as well. Yeah, right? That's just terrible. You're going to finish that? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're down in the canyon, and then, of course... The earthbending guy gets attacked by a canyon crawler, which is like some kind of giant, like, arachnid spider type thing. Avatar The Last Airbender has a lot of, like, creative 
monster designs, which I think is really cool. These giant spider things attacks the uh, Earthbender, and they manage to you know fight off the monster, but he's broken his arms, and so that means he can't Earthbend. So, uh-oh, they're stuck in the canyon. We're trapped in this canyon. I'm a land creature. I don't belong down there. You can lead me to water, but you cannot make sense. Do they actually need their hands? I mean, Could he do it one-handed? Could he use his feet? They don't really say it explicitly, but there's an episode later on where, like, there's this master earthbender and he's encased in, like, this metal case to stop him from earthbending and it's just his face is exposed, but he manages to earthbend a bit. So mm. I guess, technically speaking, it is possible, but I feel like maybe only if you're a true master can you do it. I don't know. They don't really go into detail. Right. So we go on something now, which in video games is referred to as an escort quest. And it's oh. Aang, Aang splits them up. Both groups are being escorted through the canyon by a different sibling. Yep. Um, okay. Which, of course, he sends <laughs> Sokka with the barbarians. He sends Katara with the nerds. Drawing on that comparison, the sibling rivalry once again. And at night in the camp, we find out that they did indeed have food and they have some differing stories about where their rivalry began. Dave, let's get literary. Yeah! yeah, yeah. Let's get yeah. literary. Yeah! yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's get literary. So the overarching theme is sibling conflict over a mundane point. Nearly identical players arguing over faults that are really easily rectified. As you mentioned, Dave, scene one is the template for the whole episode, with Sokka and Katara arguing because they've each taken on the wrong job and each of them are bad at what they're doing. Aang even points out in his own story that Wei Jin and Jin Wei are siblings. The theme's there. And Aang comes across as this wise negotiator where there's adults acting like babies. Now, when Sokka and Katara work together, they win. And when they're divided, they're sad and angry all the time. And when the two tribes fight together, they win and they escape the canyon. How about that? So, the story itself is the redemption ritual between the two tribes crossing the canyon as the sun crossed from east to west in the redemption story. The story represents their own inability to walk between two places without fighting. Also, their ongoing conflict stops their redemption. That is to say, getting out of the canyon. Aang leads them from east to west and completes the redemption ritual. The imagery reinforces the story, but who cares? Honestly, who cares? The story sucks. Yeah, I mean, I said they just keep drawing on the main theme, which, again, is fine, but the fact that they keep bashing you over the head with it is just frustrating. Not not only that, but the main characters, it's like the writers took the negative traits of the characters and just made them worse for this one episode. Like, Sokka and Katara are, like, at each other's throats for half of it. We get it. You're using imagery. We get it. It's metaphorical. We get it. (laughs) Please. And then they actually work. They work together. They get out of the canyon. Everybody's happy. The leaders of the opposing tribes start sort of reconciling with each other. You know, they're just sort of, you know, you guys are pretty good in a pinch. Didn't think I could rely on you. So dumb. 
and then they're just like, oh, too bad we can't rewrite history. Let's go back to fighting for no reason. Too bad you imprisoned some guy or something. They don't even know. Yeah. Oh, but what really puts the icing on the cake? Now, this is this is really, I think, the thing that makes this such a broken, out-of-place episode. Truly, yeah. truly, truly is, is yes. the finale. The finale. The way they wrap up this episode and put a little bow on it is just, oh, it's just so stupid. So Aang says, I know those guys. I might not look it, but I'm 112 years old. I was there 100 years ago. And then he he basically proceeds to tell them that these two leaders were, in fact, twin brothers who were kids and they were playing a game of what is essentially ancient soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. Everything was a misunderstanding. They were just playing a game and that it wasn't some big actual ritual and nobody was thrown, thrown into jail. Rather, he was thrown into penalty for stepping out of bounds. And then they basically just buy it with they ask one or two questions like oh so so the sacred orb was just a sacred ball no it was just a normal ball and the thing is they just buy it they just buy ang's outright lies that he literally made up like on the spot settling feuds and making peace all in a day's work for the avatar it's so the opposite of He's supposed to be this truthful, wise, sagely um, monk. That's that's what he's supposed to be. Exactly right. He's always that's one of the things of his character. He's he massively breaks character to like fix this feud, I guess, by literally just bullcrapping. There's literally lines like at the very very end where he goes, "I made the whole thing up," and the response is, "That is so wrong." And yeah, it I mean, is. It is wrong, right? <laughs> When I watched this, I thought, why can't they see that their ancient feud is just a confused mess? Like, clearly this is the same person, Wei Jin and Jin Wei, and you guys have common ancestry, and you're just being stupid. Like, can't you see through this? And then Aang's lie, which allegedly fixes everything, is like exponentially worse than what they believed it's it's so 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 paper thin to see through i mean why would the avatar have been watching two children play a sports game together in their hometown of what 60 people back in the day why would that story be in the collective memory why would he even remember it? It's clearly uh, not true. There's so many reasons. They, they they literally buy it with like, oh, how do they how do they believe it? And it's a thing in the epi- in the series. Like sometimes he says, "Oh, I'm the Avatar," and quite a few and a lot of the time, not all the time, but quite a few times, people don't believe him. They're like, "Oh, you know, whatever." You're not the Avatar. Avatar died hundreds of years ago. Oh yeah, and they just like, jump to, to do it. something, and then they just yeah, they just believe it. No worries. And if you think about it, he actually spent no time with them. Each of the siblings went with one with each tribe, and he went up the middle with the with the Earthbender over the top. Yeah, that's right. He was so they don't even know him to have any trust in him. He literally heard the stories when the leaders were yelling at each other. They're like, "Oh, 
blah blah your leader imprisoned our leader oh no your your leader like beat up our leader and then from from that exchange Aang basically just gets the names and then bullcraps his way to fixing the problem it he tells that lie and then the episode is over in a couple of seconds the episode tries to make the lie like the button on the episode or the fact that he fesses up to his two friends to be the button on the episode as if that's like redemptive i don't understand like i think there would have been a way to tell a story where look under the right circumstances you know this was just the right choice to make and i had to make it and it's not always right to tell a lie but this is where we find ourselves and it could have been really interesting and novel and maybe even shown him, you know, challenging his own personal belief system or something a little bit. Um, yeah, we didn't get that. <laughs> we didn't get that. Been, could have even been like maybe provided they made the leaders of the tribes a bit less stupid and childish. Maybe they could have actually worked together and been like, you know what? The past is the past, but let's actually work and help each other out. That would have been like a satisfying ending. Like either of these endings that we've just said here in like the space of what two minutes would have been more satisfying than the ending that they had it must be an easy trap to fall into because it definitely happens where you just get this uh conflict of the week and we seem to make these arbitrary one-dimensional characters that are not going to ever get any screen time the stars of the show and there's nothing to that story is supposed to be about Aang and his friends. When I think about where that story goes with Prince Zuko and, um, you know, people changing sides and deciding what they really value in the world, like, that's interesting. That's that's fascinating. Like, character development and character growth. Yeah. There's 0% chance of getting anything like that when you're just going to throw in weird barbarians who are just a stereotype arguing with weird nerds who are just a stereotype avatar is a superb show with great character development so much good stuff going on and this is just one of the small parts of it that just fell on its face and it was it was very much a filler episode because it doesn't add it doesn't add anything to the greater narrative the writers are so much better than this (laughs) they are but one of the funny things which actually like so this is this episode takes place in the first book or the first season and then in the third season there is an episode where they go to see a play about themselves. And oh. um, the yeah, the writers actually referenced how poorly received this episode was. So the, the characters go oh. to see about a play about themselves later on. And the play is like really bad and cheesy. And e- even though that's a f- also a filler episode, it's a filler episode done well. Like the side characters are like dumb, but in a funny way that's actually entertaining. And it's even got a few emotional movements. But regardless, there's a bit where it's showing them approaching the Great Divide. The person who is playing Katara says, Look, it's the Great Divide, the biggest canyon in the Earth Kingdom. And then Sokka just says, eh, let's keep flying. It's pretty good. I like oh. how they reference that. It's, it's basically oh, that's... saying, if you're watching through Avatar, you can just skip this episode and you're not missing out. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the writers realised that that's exactly what they should have done. Yeah, that was really good. Like they did, like okay, we made a we made a bit of a dud in this one episode, so let's make make a bit of a joke out of it later. I, I do like that. It's it's easy to say, you know, a primary school kid could have written this episode, but oh my gosh, a primary school kid could have written this episode. 
A primary school kid could have written a better episode. Uh, yeah, like... But I think, like, apart from the the main actual plot points, like, nothing happens. There is no character growth. Unless maybe Aang learning to tell a lie is character growth. To tell the truth? I'm not sure. But when have I ever been? I mean, it's like... No, it's that's the opposite of character growth. <laughs> it actually is. There's a great divide between good and bad telecommunications companies. Why put up with bad service and poor systems? Why not fix your internet and phone so your business runs well? Switchnode are our partners and the leaders in telecommunications for your business. If you're an Australian business leader, please support our sponsor who does so much to support us and visit switchnode.com.au. I feel like the writers lied to me when they said I was going to get something good. Yeah, definitely. I feel robbed. I also don't know where they kept all their tents and stuff because the nerds had a really sophisticated... Actually, they all had tents, but the nerds in particular, those really sophisticated, like, square-shaped tents and lots of resources. But I didn't see them carrying anything other than food. Yeah, well, they were carrying packs. Their packs were pretty, like, pretty small, like, relatively small compared to the barbarians. Disgusting. Where's the animation consistency? Why couldn't... Like, there wasn't many of them. Why couldn't... Is his name Alpa? The... Upper. Upper. Upper? Why couldn't he have just, like, flown them over in in a few goes? It's kind of like the comparison to, you know, the whole Eagles thing in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, right? no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I went there. I went there. But, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Let's let's guess he, he, he had to rest after flying. But if it did take them a day to walk, it would have taken them up a less time to fly. He could have flown the elderly and the sick over... And then come back. Yeah, he probably could have done a heap of trips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He could, you know, even giving him time, a couple of hours to rest in between, he still probably could have done it in less time than it took them to go through the the canyon. I think so. If it's just one day's walk and that included all the way down and all the way back up again. Yeah, exactly. Disgraceful, mate. Disgraceful. Hey, fun fact. Did you know that the word barbarian is actually super racist? Wait, really? Yeah. So, the Greeks used to call the Persians... It it came from the Greek. They referred to the Persians as uh, Barbaros. Barbaros. Uh, Okay. Right? Because when... To the Greek ear, when the Persians spoke, it sounded like... So, they were actually being, like, super racist. And now, it's a completely accepted word. It has wow, been for, what, millennia? That's insane. I didn't know that. You're quite the scholar, sir. Oh, thank you. I think just that, you know, the way they got out of the cavern was putting potato sacks over the noses of spiders and then yeah. riding them out. Yeah, they're, like, used and they're, they're like, works together. Are they all, like, the crazy elite warriors now? It's like like one of them is jumping on the back of these giant spider monster things and the other person is like throwing them food and putting the sack over their head. If there was a great if there was a great fight between Aang and some massive scary monster and it was really well choreographed, that would have been cool. 
and 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 like generally in the like in this series there's a lot of really good fight scenes like especially with the bending that's like mm. half of what i like to watch about it it's just the bending fights because they're so well done but and it makes, a bit of bending. it makes the fight scenes like really interesting in a in a novel way that you don't get in any other show yeah um, but this is you know it's just interesting because you you're going to see how they're going to use their element to their advantage are they going to use is a waterbender going to like use the water out of a river or is there like a lake nearby is a the earthbender Earth. going to throw a rock or is he going to like collapse the ground underneath them it's it's martial arts but everyone has like a really specific skill set that they can use in really novel ways yeah we saw zero zero of that this episode yep yep very little of that which is and- weird because we actually saw three different types of benders in this episode yeah, there's Aang who's air, Katara who's water, and then the old guy who's a. He does a bit of bending to like get them into the canyon, but then he just gets knocked out. Yeah, there was just they just didn't have any arms. fun with it. Again, they could have like kept the whole tribe conflict thing, but they just could have done it so much better. It is it is good to know though that this was the only episode that is considered really bad in this series, and like because the series is great. Love it. And we found it. We found it, Dave. And we found it just for you guys. One small thing I'll say in the show's defense, I mean, in the episode's defense, is that, like, some of the music that they use is kind of lit. Like, it's got this cool, like, banjo sort of country, like, we're going on a trip sort of music, but it literally only shows up for maybe a total of... 10 to 15 seconds in the entire episode. Oh, oh right, so, okay. Yeah, like I, I said, it's not downloading exactly, that soundtrack anytime soon. Not not really okay. well. You can download Everyone the soundtrack to listen to the, the 10 seconds Pop of Pop that on my Spotify the, playlist, yeah. In the 25 minutes of bad episode that this was. It's a way of being smug and superior. They're ignorant. You bring me the rough but never a diamond. Stupid and narcissistic. Just push the too far this time, man. They learnt nothing. Self-righteous life forms were eager to prosecute, to judge anything they don't understand. I don't understand. Lucky you said. Sorry? What? What the? Yeah. Was it something I said? Dave, now's the point in the episode where with ignorant prejudice, we give our thoughts on what the episode must have been about had we only ever seen this one episode of the tv series so dave what is avatar the last airbender about okay avatar the last airbender is a show about a brother and sister who hate each other and their goofy but lovable friend ang in the world of avatar there are only two kinds of people people like soccer and people like katara with no in between each kind of person is completely incapable of rational discussion with the other kind, reverting to a completely childish demeanor. As a result, the world has been in a state of turmoil for many years. However, Sokka and Katara soon discover that Aang possesses the rare trait of impartiality and is the only one capable of not reverting to a child when talking with others. So Aang, Sokka and Katara travel the world attempting to solve problems. The show even teaches great morals to kids, like, lying is okay if the outcome is favourable. <laughs> the ends justify the means, and of yes. course, something must be okay if everyone is doing it. And also, people can bend the elements. 
Well done indeed, my friend. Very well done indeed. Thank you, sir. Now, please, if you would be so kind as to tell me what is your take on Avatar The Last Airbender? Avatar The Last Airbender is an episodic week-to-week tale of a friend and two siblings who travel the land meeting new and interesting people. Each week, those boring and uninteresting people have a mundane challenge, which Aang, using rudimentary wisdom and magic powers, and sometimes deception and other terrible negative traits, help solve. That's it. This episode deserves absolutely nothing more than that. Yeah, he said less about about it than I did, and that's completely fine, because this episode was just garbage. This one is for the rubbish truck. Yeah, and if you haven't watched Avatar, I can completely recommend it, but you can, you can obviously skip this episode and you won't miss out. Skip this episode completely and you'll miss nothing. What was the number? Like, what season episode so was this episode? Season 1, episode 11. Okay, so on IMDb, Avatar The Last Airbender has a score of 9.2 out of 10. And yep, episode right. 11, The Great Divide, has a score of 7 out of 10? How does it have 7? 7 out of 10? It doesn't deserve a 7, that's like a 3 or a 4. What are these fanboys doing? This deserves a 1. This is like pretty much universally agreed upon as like the worst of all the Avatar episodes. If you are an Avatar fanboy and you have gone onto IMDb to the episode The Great Divide and given it a score above four, you sicken me. How dare you? You just me. What are you doing? I'm going to make an IMDb account purely so I can give this episode a one. Yeah, which good is idea. what it deserves. I'll do the same thing. I'm I'm normally hesitant sure. about giving out scores out of 10 it's not something I like to do but this one time <laughs> and then when it allows you to add a comment you should just like link to this episode of the podcast this th- and this is 7 out of 10 based on 2700 reviews how does that uh, okay but imagine okay, having a show so popular that the fanboys prop up the absolute garbage that shames you. Imagine being that famous. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say maybe the, the, the average score of the series as a whole is so high that it, like, brought the bad episode up, but even so, that feels like a bit of a stretch. All right, Dave. That's it for March. Tell me, what episode will we be watching next? Next up is Season 2, Episode 2 of The Office, Sexual Harassment. Such a good show. You know, a show that you and I will inevitably be writing um, for the Australian version. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can't wait. The to-be-announced to, to future Australian version. I don't think we're doing this one because it's out of place, Dave. Um, this, yeah, this is actually more of... One of the iconic episodes of The Office. Yeah, because we'll be reviewing. this episode is often known as the That's What She Said episode. Oh, yeah, man. So good. This one's going to be a real laugh. Yep, and I can't wait till we also mimic that episode in our own Australian version, which will be our magnum opus, our crowning achievement as writers. 
make sure to write into Stan and the other Australian streaming services and just let them know that Nathan and Dave from Rough and the Diamonds are just waiting on that confirmation to get started. Yeah, we're ready, good to go, ready when you are. Anyway, I'm Nathan, and you can find me on Twitter at Good Jibes Only. And I'm Dave, and you can find me on Facebook at Rough and the Diamonds Memes, or on Twitter at Rough and the Diamonds. Music and interstitials by Scott Buckley Music and Headshot to the Heart. And special thanks to our sponsor, Switchnode. Thank you, Switchnode. <laughs> well done. Now follow me! We're riding out of this hole! That's what she said. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael, please. 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 Come on. <laughs>